everyone and welcome to the second edition of Political Series Podcast by myself and Maiden Chafford, Demi. Thank you. Um, this week we are going to discuss the regressive left, the alt-right and then eventually move on to religion. Um, we have some good news. We've came up with a name for our podcast. <laughs> um, we're going to go with the political evangelists. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, we'll start um, sort of introducing the topic of the reg- the regressive left. Um, it's sort of been burst out of, well, really came to fame during the Hillary Clinton Donald Trump race. Um, it's a section of you could say the left wing movement that has broken away and has been accused of using authoritarian tactics to get its way Mm. and the movement has been accused of supporting Islamic causes um, without criticism in the aim of political correctness Um, and essentially just really abandoning left wing principles as they sort of move forward with their movement Um, Demi, what's what's your feeling of the sort of um, resurgent regressive left? So, for me, it's just... Is it like they're basically... Is it the the people on the left that are really annoying and, like, they put their opinions out there all the time and they try to be as politically correct as possible? I think just... that's, That's the whole idea that I get from them. <laughs> the middle class white kid that's went to university that is sort of all for this social justice warrior life. Oh god. Um it's all for wearing the badge of honour of um fighting for sort of causes and cultures in which they have no understanding for but seem to want to demand that everyone should listen to them to learn. This this is a great topic for me because this I mean I'd say my political views are probably more left leaning but I just feel like this is so annoying and this this is a major problem within politics which is like what I've been saying is the fact that the left is just so in your face that there's no conversation happening anymore between both sides so it's just like if you say something it's like that's wrong you can't have an opinion and it's just like no I believe this and then the left is just automatically in your face or like a tweet oh my god I can't believe that you feel this way or I can't believe that that's your opinion and stuff like that and it's it's so wrong to have an opinion now because something offends everyone people are just so soft nowadays yeah it's like you said in um, our first sort of episode when we were talking about people um, with Brexit and them just brandishing everyone as sort of racist Mm. Um, or xenophobes or something like that. It's this, it's this attempt to try and brandish a label on anyone who may disagree with their standing point yeah. or their viewpoint in life. Um, and it's just, it's just quite ridiculous because most of the, most of their methods are really adopted from the people that they claim to be fighting. Yeah. Um, it's authoritarianism. Mm. I mean, they're trying to force their will and their beliefs upon you with no discussion, no debate, nothing else. I mean, it's like when you think about the protests at Berkeley. 
Yeah. Um, in the US, where speakers are getting shut down from even just being allowed to sort of express their opinion. Mm. I agree. It's frustrating because I think one thing that it's doing is people who are on the right, I feel like um, they have something to say and we need to hear it. But because of this, you can't. So a lot of things are happening and we have no clue why they're happening. So, for example, uh, Brexit or Donald Trump's election. I feel like if we sat down and actually spoke to people, we wouldn't be as shocked with some of these results. You might have been like, you know what, I can see that coming because people are inclined to vote that way but a lot of people who probably were voting for donald trump weren't telling weren't saying or were saying you know i'm actually going to vote hillary that's why the polls had her like so sky high but it didn't turn out that way because we never sat down and actually spoke to uh the people who were voting for donald trump because everyone just saw it as the wrong thing to do i mean it's amazing you've seen with that sort of falling on from that like these spikes in and people searching, how how do I hide my political beliefs in the workplace? Mm. How do I hide this? How do I... And, and a lot of the people that are actually searching these things are right-wingers mm. because they're so, so ashamed to actually give their real opinion unless it's in the secrecy of, of the sort of ballot box. Exactly. I think it's just important that we can express our political views and that. It's a shame that people feel that way. I think I'm willing to open to have a dialogue with anyone unless it's something crazy like you know black people are wrong and you know stuff like that but if it's just a general thing or you feel that taxes should be disputed one way or you feel that um uh what's it immigration should be handled a particular way i think that's that's the conversations we need to be having rather than making people feel ostracized if that's the word one thing that is political political correctness is brilliant it's one of the best things that's happened to society because you know there's a lot of things people can't do now so you know for example it's it's, it's considered impolitically correct to use the n-word but one thing it's done now is it's just gone so far overboard it's like no one can say anything no one can have an opinion that's just might be considered a bit left but it might be a fair thing to say you know and no one can it's just like no one can say anything because it's gonna offend everyone and people on the left are gonna attack you. And it's just so frustrating that we're in that sort of position now whereby people can't speak their mind or people can't speak up on certain things. It's just I think it's it's a it's a real shame and it's affected 
politics and just day to day life in general? Say it again. See, I, I don't get that's just crazy to me because it, it doesn't seem like this woman was racist at all it just seems like she cared about the well-being of these people I don't think it's not like she came up to them and said something really rude or intrusive it's just she came up with a caring attitude and was like you know make sure you're eating I just think people just love to look into things too much and try and be you know like we said social justice warriors and try and feel like they're fighting the good fight for everyone whereby it's like so much is taken out of context online as well which is where most of this is happening and people think they're defending someone when in truth they're not they're they might be a making the situation worse and b they're not really forwarding anything it's not solving anything well that's exactly what you like it doesn't solve anything especially in these online spaces because the minute that i sort of everything you've just said there mm essentially what I said on the comment thread. Yeah. And then I was removed from the group. <laughs> um, which was really confusing. And I mm. had one woman, to her credit, um, message me and say that she didn't agree with me being removed because it was meant to be a learning group. And she felt like none of my questions were racist or thingy. It just yeah. like I was, you know, ignorant to this or ignorant to that. Which Was it a white privilege yeah, group or like something? A 23-year-old white guy, of course I'm going to be ignorant in a white, you know, privileged yeah. learning group. Um, so there was people that, like, reached out and said, oh, no, look, that was wrong, but it just goes to show how far this sort of regressive left will go. Yeah. As they shared an article, and when someone commented something that they did not like, they removed them from 
group. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, so many people are so like easily offended nowadays. It's like, oh, yeah, and, and the internet makes it so easy. Oh, you offended me. I can block you or remove you. I can't even like people don't even have the stomach to try and teach people or say, you know what, what you said isn't cool. Um, this is, this is why you shouldn't behave this way or like. In future, don't do that because it's going to get you in trouble. No one can have conversations anymore. It's just like, oh, you said something I don't like. I can block you or remove you. And I think that's that's the thing. You know, too many, probably during election time, too many people were like, oh, I'm voting Trump. I can't believe you're voting Trump. You're blocked. You know, and didn't have a and discussion. Then we get these echo chambers. Like, we end up with the echo chambers. Like, mm. we've been talking about for a while where. Like you say, you've just blocked, 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 blocked. So now your news feed's just filled with people that agree with you. Exactly. That's another thing. You know, people people have this friendship group whereby everyone in it just agrees with them. And it's like, that's not how you should live life. You shouldn't, you won't grow as a person. You won't develop if you don't have people around you who disagree with you or, you know, that's, that's, there's no problem with that. On anything, I think you should have people around you who you disagree with because it makes for interesting conversations and you might learn something new yeah i mean heineken a little bit of free advertising for heineken <laughs> um but heineken did a really good um advert um and it was like it brought these people all from different backgrounds together and they made them like sort of do these tasks that built a bar and then they grabbed a beer and it's like one guy was like a non-feminist and the other girl was like a feminist and then mm. this video played and was like you're not a feminist she's a feminist now another was like this um woman who was like transgender yeah and this guy who thought it was disgusting and everything else yeah um and it sort of just showed them coming together sitting down and having a beer yeah and i mean whether they're paid actors or not like it's a good message to send yeah rather than block this person silence this person have a conversation ostracize them yeah sit down have a beer you might not win them over but i mean you might like there was that guy that befriended a bunch of kkk members Mm. and did you hear about that story no i'm not heard about it feel free to tell what's uh what Um, happened i think it was i think he might have been a black guy but Mm. he certainly wasn't certainly wasn't a white guy because I think it was like he befriended KKK members somehow yeah and then they like grew to love him and realised oh crap like you know like a racism like a lie yeah and like he managed to convert 70 I think it was like 75 of them out of wow. the KKK that is phenomenal and that was just through sitting down and talking to people that think he should die mm. like like it goes it shows it right maybe you might not get somewhere but the chances are you probably will exactly it's just a case of people just need to sit down and talk to each other and something great can come of it and the best i think one thing we're not all gonna agree but it might be a case of you know what you you do you and i'll do me like you know i i might not understand what you're doing i might not understand why you need to do it i might not understand why you think that way but you know what there's things in place such as human rights that allow you to do and think that way and i'm a still treat you as a human being and still talk to you as a human being and i'm gonna go about my day and do what I feel the way I feel and go about my life. It's just, I think that's the sort of conclusions we need to come to more as people. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And it's almost mad like you mentioned human rights there and, and sort of how we need to start treating people like human beings. And mm. another thing the regressive left doesn't 
do so well as or deal so well with is is Islam mm. as a religion. Um, like I mean, when we talk about human rights and people being treated as human beings, what we've got to understand is that large parts of the Middle East, for instance, do not treat gays or yeah. women with human rights mm. or as human beings. Yet, when someone tries to criticise that culture, yeah. they're instantly an Islamophobe. Mm. So, it's almost mad, these people that, like, the left, who are meant to be about human rights, meant to be about, you know, treating everyone as a human being. Yeah. And abandoning that mantra in the sort of... But it's, it just goes back to what we were saying earlier. They want to try and defend everyone. They want to make everyone feel okay and feel like they've been supported. So it's it's just it's hard it's impossible to do that. You can't make everyone feel okay and feel supported because you're gonna contradict yourself as we're seeing now. Yeah, I mean I, I think that's like something that's really tough because I mean working class people and everything like that will hear, Oh, Islam's a religion of peace, it's a religion of peace, it's a religion of peace and then you'll hear statistics of say female genital mutilation in Egypt, which mm. is something like ninety one percent. Wow, and you're like, wait, what are are we, are we not going to have this conversation? Mm. Like, I get that Islam can reform because Christianity's reformed over the years, like it did from the Dark Ages. You know, through the Renaissance, became a more modern religion. Yeah, who's to say Islam can't do that? And people that you know move to the West and even in the Middle East do do practice Islam as a religion of peace, but there is. Yeah. huge issue with the violence that's sort of being propagated in 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 the Middle East and Northern Africa. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's a tricky one. I, I don't know how to resolve it, but I just think... Actually, what I do, I guess we just need to talk more. That's the bottom line. You know, people can't be removed from groups or blocked. You actually need to speak to that person. And even if you disagree, you might learn something new. You might gain something. You might have a, end up with a better understanding or you might leave thinking, all right, you know what, I don't necessarily agree with you, but I understand why you think that way. Yeah. And I think that's the way forward for everyone. I mean, it would be to sit around an open table and actually have a, uh, have an open discussion. I mean, yeah. that could move us on to sort of the alt-right now. Mm. I mean, they tend to be of the opposite side of the spectrum. Phenomenal. Where they don't really protect Islam and say, but actually go after it in an extremely violent and nasty yeah. way and almost very untrue way. Because as we said before, there is a lot of peace. Yeah. Um, especially, like you're saying, if we're to have open discussions and not to block out any one group. Mm. I mean, the alt-right are becoming a huge problem on the political landscape when you see the rise of Le Pen and Trump. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, the alt-right is something that just, you know, I've heard it spoken about continuously for weeks now, and it's just, it's so interesting to see how violently these people feel about these opinions which are just so incorrect it's just it's crazy to me you know i mean it it just seems like what all it is is just these people who are frustrated and they want their voice heard and because of that they've almost turned into this you're not going to get your voice heard like that and all you're going to have is people who think your like your opinion is crazy and wild but they just feel this is the best way to go and this is the best way to make sure that their voice is heard and i guess 
it's somewhat working because you can argue that their views they feel represented by what Trump was saying but like I still feel for the large part people just no one's going to be on side with this I mean there's a huge irony in it though is because mm. like, I mean the, the alt-rights rose out of fear yeah and their biggest enemy you could say is is Islamic extremism whereas yeah. when you just flip it around but it's just fear wing extremism yeah. You're ruling on fear, you're ruling on terror. Mm. You're making people scared of something that's that's not real. Yeah, agreed. Um it's just madness how they propagate this, but a large part of it I think as well is it's like we've talked in earlier earlier episodes is about the sort of economic strain. Yeah. Um I think a lot of these people like you see I think it's Richard Spencer mm. was the person that sort of started the alt right movement. Yeah. Um, and he's very much a white nationalist. Yes. I mean, what he sees is, like, whereas Britain first, they see mm. the, the sort of English patriotism and English heartland being ripped apart by Islam, and, well, in America, it's, you know, Hispanics and, and black, and all people of colour, really. It's um, just crazy. Absolutely. I mean, it's like you said, it's run on fear and just trying to intimidate people into feeling a certain way. It's like America is such a vast country and the thing that is like the people who are most afraid of terrorism are the people who aren't affected by it. Like a little person in a little city in Alabama that's like, um, or town in Alabama that's like, you know, you've got to get them out of the country or you have to do something about ISIS who's never going to affect them. But because it, they're so scared of it and they've been told that ISIS is such a problem, whereas people in New York who are probably more likely to be affected by it just go about their day and show love to yeah. people who are of different races and of dis- different nationalities. Yeah, definitely. And it just goes back to the point that I think it's definitely a case of uh, this alt-right movement is representing a particular sort of person who's just fed up and doesn't know where else to go or doesn't see anyone else championing championing their thoughts and opinions so they just gravitate towards them it's like what more jobs for white males obviously you're going to support that because it's for you and you feel um abandoned by politics so you think these guys represent me it makes sense it's a it's a no-brainer but how much does the regressive left contribute to that a lot it's it's, it's just a clash because then, then they feel like I can't speak out. I can't have an opinion. Like they are right. It's a sh- it's a shame, but like. But I mean, it's even denying the fact that there's anything. Like it's it's this idea of burying the head in the sand when it comes to topics like Islam. It's yeah. Like in the regressive left circles, la 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 la. Let's not talk about what goes on in other parts of the world. Mm. And just, then these right wingers yeah. are seeing people commit terrorist acts all over, being like, look, like this isn't nothing's going on. Yeah. So it becomes difficult because it's like you say, there's no discourse now. Yeah. There's no left saying, look, these guys are extremists. Like, trying to explain it out and everything else, they're just saying, stop being so racist and criticizing yeah. Islam and everything. They're not trying to help people understand what the real issue is. Mm. So these people end up getting scared. They see their economy going to pot. They see immigrants yep. coming in. They see jobs getting scarce. They see terrorist attacks on their news almost weekly now. And I mean, the regressive left just still has their fingers in their ears saying nothing's happening. Yeah. And obviously the alt-right's going 
to the complete other end of the spectrum and saying, oh my God, it's a world takeover, like your Alex Joneses and everything else. Mm. It's, just, yeah. it's exactly that. It's just, I think the main thing that the alt-right runs on is fear. And just, it's literally putting fear into the hearts of people who they know that they can get their support and these are people who are feel disenfranchised and scared and like you said the economy they see everything going to pot and they can't express themselves like they're genuinely scared but if they feel if they say something you know it's the regressive left who are going to come in and say no your opinion is irrelevant or not necessarily irrelevant but it's the wrong thing to think at this moment in time and that's not true or you're being force-fed uh fake news but people are genuinely scared yeah I mean I, I think one of the big messages to come out of the alt-right and the aggressive left is to almost remember that neither side is doing it to be evil mm. like the guys in the alt-right movement they are doing it because what they think they are doing is right Yeah. the people in the regressive left are doing what they're doing because they think it's right mm. Um, and I think a lot of the time, like, a big issue with the two sides, with the whole right and left, if you want to say it, yeah. is that people genuinely think that these people are on the other side, rubbing their hands, counting their money, plotting to ruin the world. Yeah. And, other, and on the other side, it's, it's vice versa. Mm. Um, I think everyone's just got to realise that, like, look, we're, we're acting in our best interests right now. And yeah. just try and remove the extreme wings from both sides so we can have some proper discourse. Correct. Exactly. And I think that's the whole point. It just goes back to the point we've been saying. Conversation, conversation, conversation. Nothing's going to change until these people talk and actually speak it out and actually try and get a better understanding of what both people feel um, or what people on both sides feel. And when you have two extremes like this they're just going to clash and nothing's going to get done because you're just going to be shouting your opinions out at each other and not agreeing and no one's going to be able to talk and take anything away from it and even learn from what both sides have to say no i think so i mean it's it's almost it's almost like we both need to open up and Which is scary. More, yeah. There's more sex appeal, I think. Yeah, well, I think it's, it's, yeah, it's a dirty opinion. It's, I agree. It's, it's more entertaining on TV, for it's sure. It's cool, though. Like, it's everyone's sort of left-wing in the millennial world. Everyone's sort of thinking progressive. So now it's cool mm. to think, oh, look what I'm like. And when you have people like Milo Yiannopoulos... Yeah, exactly. Milo is definitely, like... The, and stuff, like, they make it exciting. What does the left have? Bernie Sanders. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I get excited. I feel the burn. Yeah. The rest of folk out, like, it's hard to get other people motivated for that. Yeah. We need some young, I don't know, new media companies, new startups, new sort of personalities, whereas it's like all of the left wing now is sort of establishment figures. Mm. We need we need someone that's going to be fun, that's going to be hip, that's going to be cool, that can sort of lead the new movement. What was that? Oh, I've completely forgotten her name. Very pretty girl, but um, her views yeah, are something... Yeah, girl. Yes, that I don't agree with at all. Like, oh, God, she said <laughs> yeah. some of the most wild things. Um, She oh, talked about Beyonce and just... 
it just irked me so much. Oh gosh, her name has completely escaped me. And I'd, I'd remember it on a random like Thursday or something. But um, she's another one. But yeah, she's be- look at it. She's beautiful. She's blonde. And she's got brains and she speaks. And when she speaks, she gets like 60 million views on Facebook. And she's not saying anything that I think is, you know... I mean, she's, she's allowed to have her say, but I just don't think she's saying anything that's important. And that's and the thing, she's making it exciting. Exactly. Like and that's what is most, needed. The most exciting thing we've got is, I think it's Senku Gur, or I um, can't remember how you pronounce his name, but he's like the lead anchor on the Young Turks. Mm. That's like our most exciting thing. And when you watch the Young Turks, it looks like you're watching CNN in the yeah. newsroom. Yeah. It's establishment, it suits. Whereas Lilo, and again, I can't remember what this blonde girl's name is, but I know exactly who you're talking about. They have this appeal of being young, exciting, vibrant, smart, but also quirky and quite, like, combatant. Like, yeah. They're very out there. In your like, face. We almost need, we need a Hitchens. Mm. Like, a lot of a lot of the right would try and say Hitchens is a writer, but I mean, he was, he was left, he was a liberal. Like, mm. um, we need someone with a bit of, I don't know, ooze. Yeah, like, I agree. It's just, it's, and that's the thing. It goes back to what you were saying. It was, it's sexy. People saying crazy things and having crazy or stuff that seems crazy to us. I mean, that was Trump's whole mantra, you know, just saying the wildest things. You know, I'm gonna build a wall. I'm gonna lower immigration. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna make sure everything they wanted to hear, sort of thing. Just kept on saying it, and it was entertaining it was on tv all the time a lot of people say the best show on tv right now in america or anywhere really is the news because every day you know the all right or someone with that sort of opinion is saying something and it just gets more and more shocking what they say as well it's just like oh my gosh i can't believe that whereas on the left it's not as entertaining yeah i mean the one the one good thing I would say about the alt-right movement is they seem extremely complacent. Mm. Like, when you look at Milo Yanilopoulos, one of their flag bearers, he fell and fell heavy like a few months back with his sort of um, pedophile claims and everything else. Steve Bannon, by the sounds of things, is sort of getting cold-shouldered a bit Mm. in sort of like, apparently he's been showed up a few times by him Trump's son-in-law, either his son. Yeah. Um, so I think it's interesting to see that although they have this sex appeal, although it's quite exciting and although it's quite like rock and roll and everything, yeah, it doesn't seem to have any consistency. Well, that's the thing, like, I mean, and that's where the um, I'd say the left and the regressive left has some power in the sense that. They can get someone out of here. That's what they did to Milo. Once they had something on him that was pretty powerful, um, they they was able to get him out because it was like no one's gonna be able to support what Milo said. I mean, literally every opportunity he had disappeared. His book signing or his book publishers said we're not publishing his book anymore. Um, so many organisations that were behind him dropped him. So I think. You know, that's the thing. That is definitely a thing to notice about the alt-right is the fact that their leaders and the people they have in power seem to just disappear or not be able to keep the run running for long. Yeah, that's, they've not got the longevity. I mean, look at Elizabeth Warren. Mm. I mean, how much 
month as as that woman had flooded. Yeah. And she just keeps going. Yeah. Like, that's someone that's kept going. You look at your Noam Chomsky's state, he's kept going. Like, I mean, it's mad when you hear alt-right fans go, oh, everyone's so scared to debate Milo. Mm. Like, no one is scared to debate Milo when you're <laughs> talking about the fire-breathing dragons of the left. Like, if you were to set him on a stage opposite Noam Chomsky or, say, Tariq Ali, yeah. he'd be eaten up for dinner. Yeah. He's not an intellectual compared to those people. Correct. He's a media, he's a... He's, he knows what to say to get people going. He knows yeah, what to say like to... Yeah, big brother pop culture. Yeah. Exactly, and I think that's the thing that just seems to keep happening. And I mean, even you just, they don't have to, the thing is, they don't even agree with each other because that blonde girl that we were talking about from The Blaze she went on to, uh, another show and said she agrees with um, what's it abortion, abortion. and then I, they just they <laughs> ate her alive and then they dropped her. She's been sacked from The Blaze, so she doesn't have the job there anymore. And wow. because and she is one of their biggest tools if not the biggest because she's incredibly famous at this point and they dropped her because she agreed with abortion so there's some inconsistency there you can't have a big name it's like dropping your star I mean, striker how, how hilarious is that someone like Belize mm. who stands on we are all about the constitution and freedom of speech and everything else that one of their employees says something that maybe the majority of the business doesn't agree with mm. and she gets sacked. Right. That is their main attack on the regressive left, is that, oh, you shut down opinions. Mm. This well, is... What are you doing at the place? <laughs> it's crazy. That whole situation was just insane to me and she definitely has a lawsuit there if she wants to go for it on... Because they lit... I mean, that's basically uh, sacking someone because of their views and some people felt they did it because she was a female as well. But, I mean, just the lack of inconsistency in what they think over there is just crazy. Oh, it's madness. I mean, the fact that in 2017, women in America are still having to have a fight or discussion over their reproductive rights is outrageous. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. It's just a case of... You do what you want, and it just goes back to what I said. You don't have to agree, but let people do what they want. You know what I mean? And just you do what you want over here, and we'll do what we want. I I can't believe that is still a discussion. But I mean, this takes us almost on to our next topic: religion. Yes. Um, because I mean, abortion. Really, the opposition to abortion. It's just religion, and even me being a religious person. Yeah. And even me being a religious person, I just can't, I can't, I just, I feel, I've always felt, I, me personally, I've always been the sort of person that, you know, I've always felt, if someone does something that might not always sit with me, or I might not agree, they have every right to do what they want. I can't believe that religion plays such an important role in American politics. The most powerful country in the world allows religion to play such a, a role in their, in the way they run. I mean, it's madness. It's mm. madness. I mean, you. I mean, you view it from such a such a strong point. Like, I mean, you're sort of an example for why you know religious people can be involved in politics and everything else. Mm. But uh, I think we should give some notice to the how much I stuck my foot in my mouth 
earlier in the week <laughs> uh, when I finished work and messaged you on a tirade about religion. And it was like, you're not religious, are you? <laughs> <laughs> and then found out. And then we, we had a good discussion about mm. it. Um, and I obviously found out some of my biases to it. Mm. I, I just think it's important that when someone does go into politics, I still think what you said to a certain extent was right. I think there there are people who can be religious and in politics, but I think you have to be able to separate yourself on certain things. And I don't think you can allow it to dictate who you are because especially in, in southern states, there's some people who run on the whole mantra of religion and, you know, this is the way it is in the Bible, so this is how it should be. You know, you can't stop people loving who they want to love you know, and saying, you know, gay rights and whatever, you got to just let people do what they want to do. You shouldn't let it impact the way you think or what you know impact how you govern or how you work within politics. Yeah, I mean, that's that's always the outstanding kind of viewpoint to have on it. But mm. I mean, a lot of the time, it, for me, it starts becoming down a lot more to the philosophical aspect of yeah. things. And it's, um, it's sort of with religion, it is something that has to envelop your whole life. I agree. It is something that, that, that you are your religion, you are your faith. But you are a lot and of then, things, to be fair. I, I, yeah, I see yeah, what you mean. A lot, a lot yeah. more than your faith. A yeah. lot more than your faith. But then that, it almost makes me question whether people can separate themselves from their faith when they are in government. But then I think you can say that about a lot of things. You know, you are where you're from, you know. you If we both went into politics as politicians, you being from Scotland and me being from Chafford 100 in Essex, our policies are going to be a lot different. We're going to um, feel differently on certain things. Doesn't mean I have the right to say you being from Scotland shouldn't have a right to be a politician. Yeah, but I mean, like, me being from Scotland, I am in say prescribing to any rules or laws or faith that dictates me being from Scotland mm. all that me being from Scotland means is that I popped out of my mum's womb in Edinburgh <laughs> like, that, that is all that means mm. and there's no faith in it it's, it's just a fact Yeah. whereas when someone has like sort of a faith in something it, it does make me question of right well I can see these people like don't get me wrong, like Sadiq Khan. I would. I mean, it's hard to say something without being, but it doesn't. It doesn't really seem like he's almost like you know your Christians don't really go to church on Sundays. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, like that kind of thing. Like it's it's this Christian in name only. I reckon you can be a Christian person and live by Christian cores and beliefs, but not be a fundamentalist Christian. Mm. But I think when you become a fundamentalist, anything of a religion, then maybe you can. Maybe, maybe it's you it's, can't go into politics. Yeah, maybe it's hard for me to uh, understand your opinion a bit more because I'm not like that. So for me, I am a Christian, but I don't feel I'm fundamentalist, and it's a huge part of who I am. But I feel like talking about politics I don't and having an opinion on the world I don't feel I let it get in the way as much as some other people might you know I think for someone who's more religious say for like my dad um it might be a huge way of how he thinks and have a huge opinion but I think I'm like my mum in that respect in the sense that 
we don't let it influence us in our um in how we interact with people and how we go about our day-to-day life i don't think you can i just think the best way to go about it is just to be able to separate the two and realize when you go into certain scenarios you can't always have your religious hat on if you know what i mean yeah like i, I think like essentially what you're saying is it's like it's okay for religion to be a part of your life yes but not for it to be your life yeah and take over you like, and how you think yeah. when it comes to, to politics it just it does make you question because i mean it, once you then say to me no no of course of course people who are religious can be important i'm thinking mm. yeah of course they can yeah how many people have been and i mean that's the thing like you have these characters like Sadiq Khan, um, Theresa May, Tim Farn. Whether I disagree with Tim Farn and Theresa May, mm. I actually quite like Sadiq Khan. Yeah. Um, but regardless, they're all good politicians. Yeah. Um, and as far as I'm aware, you know, Tim Farron, as much as I dislike him and want to take a swipe at him, he hasn't really let his religion get too much in the way of his politics mm. that I'm aware of. Yeah. Except for when they asked him the question, but I mean, yeah, yeah, actually, to be fair, I'm not sure what his voting record is on on gay rights, etc. I know he was absent for one vote. <laughs> That's um, an easy way to get out of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, I haven't seen anything really from, say, Sadiq Khan's faith come into his politics at mm. all, other than him to try and you know try and quash fears of people being Islamophobic and everything else. But other than that. I don't think you would know he's religious. Yeah. Um, like, he's been pretty solid with that. Tim Farron, we've said, yeah, he's had a few slip-ups. But, I mean, like, Theresa May is the daughter of a vicar. Wow. I actually did not and know that. She's, she's going on Easter weekend walks and deciding that we're having general elections on Easter Sundays. Now, but, like, it just... It reeks of sort of religious influence like it's mm. just there's something that almost makes me think that she do you think i think i get what you're trying to say is some divine intervention mm. Yeah, I know what you're trying. You're you're taking the opinion. Oh, I think you're what you think is that people need to be able to obviously they have to be able to separate themselves, but you'd rather people came to decisions on their own and like this is how i feel rather than this is how uh a thousand year old or obviously christianity is older than that but a religion that is of a certain age has told me to behave and act in certain things yeah i mean that's like something that's mad for me like say i mean that's like when you meet a christian and again i'll try and like sort of paraphrase in a way but like when you see them go oh no i don't believe any of that nonsense in the old testament Mm. I only believe the New Testament. Mm. You scratch your head a bit, and I mean, from everything I've heard, it's right. Essentially, the New Testament was drafted up by a bunch of Romans three hundred years after the death of Christ, <laughs> and chucked out all on the orders of the Emperor Constantine that died on his deathbed with a head full of guilt and converted to Christianity. Mm. I mean, that for me, like the Christian tenets of love thy neighbour, all. You know, like all the sort of um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good in religion. Christianity is good. Yeah. But I mean, there's elements of it that, like you said, like if she's like oh, I'm a New Testament person, or say she's thinking about this decision and she thinks back to Sunday school and 
I don't know biblical verses, but say, like she says, oh, and David, verse 2, stated that such and such did such and such on the seventh day of the such mm. and such month. And she sees a sort of similarity between what she's going through in this biblical story. And it's like, oh, I must follow my faith in this story. Mm. I would have an issue with that. Like, you know, your faith is guiding what your human being decision-making is. Like, yeah. I see. I, I understand. I t- I totally do. I can un- I understand the the fears some pe- people would have. I just think it's it just goes back to what we've been saying. It's just we need our politicians to be able to separate themselves from their religion. That's the most important thing, and they have to be able to do that. I want a politician to make a decision on their own and not feel that bound to something that they have to follow. Because then, you know, a lot of the times you could be making the wrong decision and you could be offending people, you know. I feel like you should be able to make your own decisions and you you should feel how you want to feel on a certain issue, not be following something. And I think sometimes a lot of politicians just do it for show, Um, you know, in particular countries whereby this one and America, England and uh, Scotland, I guess, and America are quite religious or they have a religious backbone. So a lot of the well, times, England and Scotland, the United Kingdoms, I think now mostly agnostic or atheist. Mm. The US are still heavy Christians, but I know what you mean. Like our political leaders are certainly very yeah. I mean, I didn't very Christian. Yeah, right? it's it's still a it's part of the country. It's the backbone sort of thing. Yeah, it's yeah. what we see, but and definitely in America, you know, I mean, religion is so important. But I feel sometimes. <laughs> People do it for show out there, and I—I I mean, I watched this um, comedy, great show if you haven't seen it, um, called Veep with uh, Julius. Uh, I can't remember her name. She was in Seinfeld, not Seinfeld. Uh, might have been Seinfeld, yeah. Um, but anyway, <laughs> it's the—it's just the way that politics works and taking a stab at the funny things and people who are religious or not even religious, but. Um, Poly- they run in a religious state. Some of the things they have to do and say and behave, it's just hilarious how they have to go about it, especially in the South, and they have to almost pretend to carry this identity um, that they are religious and they're voting a certain way, like they're voting on gay rights because of how their constituency would feel about it. Yeah, I mean, like, that's what I mean. Like, it's, it's, it's these people that I have no problem with folk that see the Bible or the Quran or the Torah or, or whatever is, is this is this is something that should be interpreted. Mm. It's something that gives off the right vibes, love thy neighbour, do this, do good things. And I mean, like I always say, most Christians you meet are the nicest people you will ever meet. Yeah. Um, it's just all about sort of living the book for what it implies rather than living it word for word. Yeah. I mean, are you happy that, like, your Prime Minister May is waging in on arguments over, like, Easter egg hunts on in, like, some event that was organised by Cadbury? <laughs> and she's waging in in mm. arguments. And I'm thinking, we've got Donald Trump in the White House. Yeah. We've got economic collapse from Brexit. We've got God knows what's going on in the Middle East. Mm. Who knows what China's doing in the Far East? And our Prime Minister is deciding, nah, you know what's actually top priority this morning? (laughs) 
we need to sort those boys out down at Cadbury. But that situation was pretty, like, it got crazy really quickly. I couldn't believe it, like, that it was that big a deal. <laughs> I mean, like, surely that's got to raise alarm bells when your mm. Prime Minister's taking that as something that she should get involved in. Mm. I guess, I, I mean, I guess it's crazy because I guess she just she felt like it was important to her at the time. I don't know why, but like I don't I don't think I think certain situations like that is not for the prime minister to get involved in. If if someone wants to give a statement, someone can. But I don't think you know. There's, there, I think it goes back to what you said. There are more pressing issues to worry about. I don't feel. I think the prime minister should keep their opinion to themselves on that sort of situation. I mean, I, I think it's mad that we still um, almost have our political leaders always going to churches, you know, mm. at, at, at big events. Um, you know, like in America, how they still need to, like, isn't it kids need to stand up and swear allegiance to the flag in yeah. the morning? Yeah. I don't know if they still do it as much, but it's something that, um, it's definitely something they've been known to do. And there's such a religious presence in America, you know, swearing on the Bible. Um, I think when they're um, inaugurated, they have to put their hand on the Bible and stuff like that. And there's a lot of in God we trust sort of things in America. <laughs> yes. It's just terrible. I mean, how you can think in the, in the 21st century. I mean, I think religion is one of these complex things you cannot say whether it is good nor bad yeah because so much of both has came out of them yeah what I, I mean is that what we said on in our private chat we said you know as good as religion is it's definitely ha- caused a lot of problems within the world yeah but i mean it also solves a lot i mean i, I I'm, I'm not ignorant to the fact that you know some for a lot of people, it gives them solace, it gives them faith, it gives mm. them hope. I mean, it's it's just different from maybe what I have faith in or from what I have hope in. Um, yeah. Well, a lot of people, it's coping mechanisms with their own mortality and everything else. Yeah. Um, but I think the main, the main sort of thing to take out of it is that it's okay for politicians to be religious so long as they are the right kind of religious. Mm. Yeah, it's just, I've, it's just crazy. I think it's just the whole thing of we just need to make sure that our politicians separate themselves. And I think going back to it, I think religion shouldn't have as much uh, a place in politics or in our day. It shouldn't be as in our day to day lives like it is in America or some in some cases here. I mean, even here, like you said, our politicians go to church on uh, religious days and stuff like that. I don't think. They have to do that. You know, when you're a politician, you're representing a lot of people. You shouldn't be representing just one religion. You know what I mean? Yeah, one faith. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing that amazes me is, see, 10 years ago, if you were to say, could there be a Muslim prime minister of the United Kingdom? Mm. Maybe not 10 years ago, 20 years ago. You'd be like, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. Then, like, sort of, 9-11 happens and then all of a sudden can you ever picture there being a Muslim leader of the United Kingdom no not really I mean it's I think that's why Sadiq was such a big deal 
unless they're like Muslim, but like they're Muslim like Sadiq, like it's not, you know, if they wear it proudly on their shoulder, on their, if they wear it proudly, then no, no way. Just says to yourself to be, like we said, someone like, but I mean, I'm not too sure because when you hear about Sadiq, apparently he does try to fast, he does try to, you know, get to prayer, so I'm not too sure. Well, he has a right to do that. I mean, that's his, that's, that's, that's his religion. But if it's in every, if it's in people's faces, no chance. Like if, if I mean, I, I don't know. People are still f- afraid of, especially if it was, let's say, a Muslim woman who wears a hijab and, you know, is uh, in your face Muslim and not that that's a bad thing, but like that would be harder to, uh, that would be harder to see as a prime minister. But just a regular guy who happens to have Muslim influence on his life, maybe it's not as much uh, influence as he tries to run for prime minister. I could see that happening. But I like, mean, say Sadiq Khan does well in London. There's yeah. no reason he couldn't be Prime Minister. Really. Yeah. But then it goes back to what we said. I, he's, he's not... I, I wouldn't say Sadiq Ch- um, Khan... Oh, I don't know. I don't want to say he's... He's not the post... I mean, let's say he's not the poster child for the Islam. You know what I mean? I don't, nah, nah, I don't nah, see nah. Sadiq Khan and then think, oh, he's Muslim. I see Sadiq Khan and I think Mayor of London. But, you know, if that's the case... If people see your religion first, then it will be a lot harder to... I think in this day and age, anyone, because, you know, religion... If someone we see... If we see someone who flaunts their Christianity in front of everyone and every time they're on the TV, they're speaking about Christianity and they're saying, oh, I do this because of my religion, that person would also be hard to vote for. I think just as... I don't think so, though. Because, I mean, nowadays... I think just because we're more... Yeah. Yeah. People actually see that as admirable. But I still yeah, don't see they, Theresa May and think Christianity. I'm saying, like, this person is full-fledged. It's, it's a huge part of their life. Like, you know, you can't... It, I'm talking about people whereby you see them and you think th- about their religion first. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just maybe since I read that she was a vicar's daughter. That <laughs> 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 that, like, you don't escape that, man. Like, Shouts out to Theresa May, know. man. Vicar's daughter. I didn't even know that. Who's a known mate? Vicar Dibley. Married an investment banker and then went on to become Tory leader. Oh gosh, that's just. I mean, the only person she'll be seeing is Lucifer on the other side. With. <laughs> it's 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 just crazy that people allow <clears throat> their religion to influence the way they work within politics so much to me. But I think. It's been like that for many of years now. You just think it might change a little bit, but I don't think it's showing any signs of changing. Nah. I, I mean, it looked like religion was disappearing for a bit. Mm. Um, I think it will in Europe, but in America... It's, nah, it's, it's, it's too, it's too much. You'll ever, yeah. You'll ever solve that. It's too ingrained um, now. I mean, even when you look in like Italy and stuff like that, a lot of people are sort of abandoning the church and stuff. I mm. reckon Europe, I think, say, give it 10, 20 years, and you will see predominantly non-religious leaders right across Europe. Mm. And cause, I mean, the Pope had the gay leader of Luxembourg at the back. Him and his, uh, I think it's his husband. 
Wow. It might just be his partner, but his husband, that was like the first gay leader, like stayed overnight at the back and everything like that. So, I mean, as long as someone like Pope Francis follows Pope Francis, you might actually see Christianity mold into the modern world quite quite well. Yeah. I mean, Pope um, Francis has been brilliant. Like, there's, I don't think how he, he just seems to have his head screwed on and he doesn't seem, you know, he seems like the guy for the job, for sure. Yeah. There is one question, though, with, um, with, with religion, is with the, the growing immigration, is there a chance that we might actually see a further move towards more, you know, um, sort of campaigns focused more to Muslim voters, etc.? That'll be interesting, for sure. I don't know how much of the population they make, but I think... It's something we could definitely see. I'm sure in certain areas, it's, it's. I mean, somewhere like Bradford, where I think there's a lot of Muslims. I, I think Birmingham has a lot of Muslims. I think that would be definitely something you'd have to think about as a politician, and you got to think how you'd. Because uh, I know in 2005 when they announced the Iraq War, that's how oh, his name's escaped me. But he ran under an independent party, and he was able to won, win because he was against the Iraq War. George Galloway. And yes. Bradford. Yes, shout out to George. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a good documentary on Netflix about Tony Blair, actually. Oh, gosh. Um, Didn't he hate Tony Blair? Oh, mate, despised him. I seen him speak at the Oxford Union, mm. actually, when I was visiting my friends there. Yeah. Um, met him afterwards, mm. uh, George Galloway. But yeah, I definitely think that's interesting because Muslim communities that sort of pop up in Britain yeah. I've almost voted for one of the most left-wing iconic figures in our lifetime. I mean, George Galloway is, you know... But I guess for them at the time, it was... Then. Yeah. But for them at the time, it was so important about the Iraq war, and that, I think that was the only thing they were thinking about. So them being Muslim, they was like, this guy represents... That is the one... Sometimes some people are just one-issue people, you know what I mean? And for them... But they also thought Labour, though, on that when you look at sort of the breakdown in demographic of, you know, Muslim communities, etc. Like mm. in, in Birmingham, they tend to, to vote Labour. So it's quite interesting of whether that sort of conundrum will be solved by the fact that Islam won't threaten Western culture just because most people will adapt to Western culture. Yeah, actually, that's... Keep a, their yeah. religion and separate their politics. Yeah, that's right? interesting... I still think that, I mean, in areas like that, maybe politicians might have to adapt how they approach elections and try and uh, use it and um, try to go about it in a different way in order to get the Muslim vote. But I think that's a that's a very good question. Definitely something we'll have to keep a lookout for. No, Pretty much wrap it up. Yeah, that was a lot. Um, I mean, that was an hour long. We managed to discuss so much, man. So that was. I think that was. I'd like to call that a success. We did. We covered covered a lot of topics. A mm. lot of topics. Would yeah. you like to tell everyone where they can find you? Uh, you can find me at Made in Chafford. Um, so yeah, that's on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All those sort of places. Uh, yeah. And of course, you can find myself and Demi at the Perception Podcast at the-perception.com.
Perfect. Hope you all have a great week. Thank you.